Gmail podcast. Two-factor follow-up. This show is a proud member of Friends in Tech at friendsintech.com. Welcome to the Gmail Podcast, a collection of short hints, tips, and tricks to help you get more from your Gmail account. I'm your host, Chuck Tomasi. First, a quick note from our sponsor. Stop the frustration of trying to support your friends, family, and coworkers' computer problems over the phone. See what's on their screen, take control of their keyboard and mouse, and resolve their problem quickly with GoToAssist. Not sure if it's the right tool for the right job? Try it free for 30 days by visiting gotoassist.com slash techpodcast. The next time someone calls you with a computer problem, use it as an excuse to try GoToAssist free for 30 days at gotoassist.com slash techpodcast. Thanks. In the previous episode of the Gmail podcast, I mentioned that Google has a two-factor authentication available to keep your login information more secure than just using a password. Shortly after I released that, I got an email from my friend and fellow Friends in Tech member, George Starcher, to discuss his first week experience after working with the new security method in his day job. Hey, George, thanks for joining me on Gmail Podcast. I really appreciate you filling in some of the gaps that were left behind from the, the previous podcast on two-factor authentication. What are the, the highlights or the things that you, you notice? What's the first thing on your mind? Well, one of the first things I want to address is um, in, when you kind of briefly covered the press release, right, um, you raised the question of can you turn it off? Well, actually, it's off by default. Oh. You have to turn it on, and then not only do you have to turn it on for the domain, it is still not active for the user unless the user enrolls. Okay. So you cannot actually force a user to use it uh, except maybe by policy, and then you know, tell them everyone they have to do it. But you cannot just flip a switch and suddenly all their stuff quits working. Um, you turn it on for the domain, and then once you've done that, the user then gets an extra setting uh, in in one in their Gmail. You know, if you're logged into Gmail and you go to settings, yeah, and then I believe it was the basic account settings, which yeah, uh, the basic account settings, Google.com/slash accounts is, uh, is where right. you, where you would go to change your password. Right. So that's where then you go to set that up, and there's a link there that will be, um, and and they refer to it as two-step verification. Okay. Um, so in the Google apps is the domain administrator. This is under advanced tools in the section for authentication where normally right now you see only single sign on. Mm -hmm. You then see a little bit of extra stuff in the middle now that says two step verification. And then you check this checkbox and it actually says allow users to turn on two factor auth. So first you enable it for the whole domain and then each person has to go through and say, yes, this is something I want to opt in for for Correct. our domain. And again, it's only available for commercial installations at this point, the paid for Google Apps users, which your company is. Right. Have you been getting a lot of adoption on this? Uh, well, so far, I've only required it for our IT staff. Okay. Because, you know, like, it's only been out for, like, you know, what, a week? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so I required the IT staff to do it on their administrative accounts. So their accounts that they use to 
administer Google sure. apps. Usually more privileged accounts. Yes. It, we're basically their god over the domain. They can mm-hmm. delete everybody. They do all that. Right. You know, they don't get mail under that. They don't use Google chat. They don't do any of that. So I required them to set it up for that account. And then I strongly urge them being IT people with a lot of sensitive information to then set it up for their normal user account. And I'm going to now go a step further and go to certain groups like HR, accounting, executives, and try and strongly persuade them into setting it up. I like the way you put that, strongly persuade them. Yeah, well, because because remember, under Google Apps, from a compliance standpoint, you cannot require passwords to change like every 90 days. Right, right. And that's a common compliance requirement for user accounts on things like domains and mail and all that. So this actually would shut an auditor up because maybe the user's password doesn't change every 90 days or ever change at all, but that code changes every 60 seconds. <laughs> right. And now let's talk about that. That, that. that brings up an interesting usage thing. From an end user standpoint, let's say I choose to turn this on. Do I have to enter that code every day, every time? And, and, and how does that impact other services like... Uh, Outlook via IMAP to my my Google account or or Google Talk or through iChat. Some of these other things that are not you don't go to the website and uh, take take me through a little bit of um, daily usage on this thing. Okay. Well, for, first let's let's speak real quick to the setup for the user side. Okay. Um, once you go into the the setting up the 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 um, two step verification as it's referred to on the screen, they give you three choices. You can Use an application that generates the code every 60 seconds on your phone. Okay, so you could download something free, I take it, for BlackBerry and iPhone. For for BlackBerry, iPhone, and Android. So uh, if it's BlackBerry, it's m.google.com slash authenticator. If it's iPhone or Android, just search on Google Authenticator, and you'll find the app in the appropriate app store. Okay. And then you then just download it to your phone. It's a free app. Easy enough. Now, what does that do? Does that uh, is that sync with Google or anything, or how does that work? Right. And and the, your while you're logged in as you in Google, and you go into that section and you say I'm going to use an application, it then lets you it gives you a code on the screen that you enter into the app. Mm-hmm. that syncs the app to the Google system. Now, the real cool thing is if your phone has a camera, they have QR code scanning built in. So they put a QR code on the screen. So like with my iPhone, I didn't have to type that really long code. I just aimed the the, the my camera at my screen and tapped, and it snapped the code and entered it for me. <laughs> oh, time saver. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice that way. Otherwise, you can just type it. Like, my BlackBerry does not have a camera, so I have to type the code. So there is a little bit of setup involved with downloading this app because you got to say, this is my phone. This is where I'm going to be generating this. And and now, for those of you who've used uh, a, a two-factor authentication before, you've had to carry around a key fob or something like that that just yeah. generates six-digit numbers all day, all night. Yeah. This is that token. That is exactly, it's the same thing. So, like, if you use, like, that free VeriSign one with your PayPal account or your um, uh, eBay account, it's the same sort of deal. This is just Google's app for it. Like we said, this is more secure because you still have to know your password, but Mm -hmm. this code keeps rolling and rolling and rolling and changing. It's different every time. So, if somebody does get your password for some reason... 
they wouldn't necessarily need to they wouldn't necessarily get into your account because they need this rolling code correct because they're on a different machine now if you're on the same machine do you get prompted for this every time all right if you're on the same machine the first time you sign in and let's assume that your code is set up with your phone mm-hmm. and you have the generating then you type your name, you type your password into Google Apps, and then it brings up another screen with a box that says, please enter your code. And then you look at your, your phone and you type the code in and then you hit OK. But there is a checkbox there that says, remember this computer. That means you know this is like your work laptop, for instance, right? So right, you're going right. to be in and out of it all day, every day, all the time. And what that does is that sets an expiration on the cookie for Google Apps that says, for the next 30 days, don't prompt for this code again. Oh, well, that's nice. So you don't right. have to do this every single time. No. And I even found, though, and I'm actually a little disappointed, that if you don't check that box, that it if you actually like log out, close the browser, reopen the browser, it still doesn't prompt you for the code uh, because the cookie still has uh, – um, it's shorter than a month. But I actually have not verified, like, if it's a day, if it's a week. But there is a window there where it actually won't ask you for the code again, even though, in my opinion, it should right away. Yeah, because you you unchecked remember this computer. Yeah. Um, to me, that means every time I go to sign in, I should get it. And it's not really true. So I wouldn't trust this fully for, say, use in a kiosk PC in a library, right? If someone comes in right behind you and the and the system's not wiping out all the history and cookie files of the web yeah. browser, if they had a key logger, they could then see what you typed, come in right behind you, type your password, not get prompted for the code, and then be in. And then, then once they're in as you, they could then turn off two-factor off. <laughs> yeah, not good, not good. Yeah, so it's not, not good. it's not a foolproof situation for a kiosk. You still absolutely positively want to make sure you hit that sign out button when you yeah. log out when you when you're done with email. Yeah, because I'm I'm thinking Google will probably fix that duration at some point, and you know them they'll probably just fix it behind the scenes. So if you're properly logging out as a habit, I'm hoping that it eventually will start behaving properly. Right. Um, the, uh, just real quick to come back to on the code, if you don't have one of those three phones, iPhone. Uh, Android or um, BlackBerry, you got two other options. I was just going to ask you that. You can tell it, I want it sent to my phone as an SMS message, Mm -hmm. or call my phone number and tell me the number, and then I type in what I hear. Any risks to that? Any any differences that you can see? Yes, the and, and they say this is a known issue with the SMS. I mean, not that it's a big deal. I haven't seen it bother anybody yet because I have a couple IT people who are using SMS because they don't have the smartphones. Mm-hmm. With SMS, we all know sometimes SMS messages don't go through right away. <laughs> so, <laughs> right away? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So since you're dealing with a code that expires every 60 seconds. <laughs> I think I just got my Christmas message from you, George. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So if the SMS code is, you know, something's happening in the system that's slowing that down, you could potentially get a code that's already expired. Right. In that case, either if case you lose your phone or you're not getting your code in time and you really have to get back in, 
when you set up your two-factor auth in your account, they actually give you at the bottom a list of one-time use codes. They say, and they even give you a nice convenient print button to print them out, so you can go, you know, lock it away someplace safe, like in your, you know, file cabinet or safe or wherever. Frame it, put it in your office. Yeah, on the no. wall for the cleaning person to see. Right? I, I, you know, say that in jest. Don't make these public. Don't stick it. Same yeah. thing as good yeah. passwords. Don't stick it to your monitor. Yeah. But these are one-time use codes. So if you have, it makes like five, I forget whether there's five or ten of them, right? So if you have to log in and your device is broken or you accidentally um, updated your OS because, you know, Motorola pushed an over-the-air update that blew out your phone to your Android. Oh, that this, never happens. Yeah, that never happens at all. Or you jailbroke your phone, real jailbreak it, and realize you didn't turn everything off, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Then you use one of these codes in that code box. It's good one time only, and it's good until you use it. So that's why you print this list and save it. Okay, okay. And that would help you get back in, turn off the two-step authentication if yeah, you need to. Yeah, or register a new device. Right, right. right. Like, a, like you replaced your phone. And keep in mind, too, I actually have the Google Authenticator app on both my iPhone and my BlackBerry, and you can actually sync each of those to the same Google account. So I can get a code. If I lost my BlackBerry but still have my iPhone, I could still get in. I do want to mention one other thing, though, yeah. uh, that we do need to cover, and that is access codes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if I set up Google Talk uh, either with the – you know, standalone Google Talk application for Windows or Mac, or I set up under iChat, or I install the Google Talk app on my BlackBerry, or I want to sync my Gmail, you know, my Google Apps Mail account to my iPhone via ActiveSync, whatever. None of those programs has a way to prompt you for another code. We hope someday they will, but today they don't. You enter your password, the app saves it, and it just always uses it, right? So Google has to give you a way, and this is, again, under your Google account settings, but they instead of keeping it under the, the, the two-step verification link, mm -hmm. it's actually under the change authorized websites link. Bizarre choice. Don't know why they put it there. Drove me nuts. It took me a day to find it because <laughs> it wasn't where I expected it to be. And it, there's just a simple spot in the middle of the screen. And like I say, this is George's iPhone. And I click the button to generate code. And it gives me this really long password on the screen, which is basically a normal password that I then, when I'm setting up my mail on my phone, I type in my username. And instead of my Google Talk or Google Apps password, I type in this code that it gives me on the screen and let mail remember that. So it's kind of a concatenation encoded, if you will, between your password and one of these tokens, but the token never expires, if, if you think of it that way. Yeah, so basically it never expires. It's never going to prompt you again. And as soon as you click done on the screen, you actually can't go back and see what it was. So... You either got to write it down or just use it once, but they make it real easy to revoke. So if I lost my phone, I could go in here, see the list of things I've set up codes for and click the revoke right next to it. So I actually set up a code for my Google Talk on my Barry, my Google Talk in my iChat, uh, my mail when I was testing it on my iPod. Mm -hmm. uh, each of those, I made their own code because if I use the same code for all those uses, if I lost any one of them, I'd have to change it everywhere. This way I can just revoke the one that I lost or no longer trust. 
If it sounds like a pain in the butt, it really isn't that bad. George has walked through it a number of times. It's not too bad. Uh, again, security comes with a little bit of a price. This is this is a minimal effort if you really want to be that step higher. Yeah, once it's set up, it's real. It's not that bad. Tearing it down is a little more complicated from an enterprise standpoint. You know where. I'm managing, you know, an account for a user and that person leaves. There's some steps there to, like, you know, make sure that the device gets wiped and quits checking mail and um, some things like that. But once they release this for your average free Google Apps user, like my personal account and Mm -hmm. yours, Chuck, Mm -hmm. that's not so complicated because you already own the account. You don't have to go through as many steps. But making codes is there for things that, you know, like, chat and mail in your device. And then the two-factor auth is really intended, obviously, for the logging into the web interface for Google Docs, Google Mail, and all that. And then that way, it'll greatly reduce the chance of someone stealing your account. That's what it's all about. You don't want somebody stealing your account. I've heard a lot of stories about stuff like that. You get the weird email from people asking you for money from... They're stuck in London. It's like, no, 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 no. You want to keep your account as secure as possible. And when this does come available to the general public, I highly, highly recommend. And you can't beat the price. (laughs) Oh, it's just amazing at what Google's been giving away for free. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, even though I'm a paid Google Apps user at work, so we got access before the free users do, you know, it just turned on on Monday. I'm just like, I read the article on Sunday. I come into the office on Monday and the feature's there. And it didn't cost us any extra. It's just there. And I'm like, heck yes, turn it on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there are companies who have paid tens of thousands, you know, six figures to get functionality like this in their enterprise. And yes. here it is for nothing. So if, when you get it, use it. All right, thanks, George. Really appreciate it. No problem. That's all for this time. Comments, suggestions, and questions can be sent to gpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get great tips, news, and other Gmail-related information between the podcast by following me on Twitter at Gmail Podcast. And don't forget to visit the Gmail Podcast website at chuckchat.com for over 100 other ways to be more effective with Gmail. I have no affiliation with Google other than as a satisfied Gmail user. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to write. You've got Gmail.